Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837, and FSP, dedicated to food service excellence. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, for the homily today, I want to concentrate on a little-known but an extremely important book of the Old Testament, the book of Nehemiah. Our first reading from Mass today is taken from Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a Jew who was the cupbearer of King Artaxerxes, king of the Persians. Now this setting is actually quite important. Do you remember, one of the key events in Israelite history was the Babylonian captivity. So the Jews in 587 B.C. are overrun by the Babylonians. Jerusalem destroyed. The people carried off into captivity. In the course of several decades, Israel fell into decay and decline. Jerusalem destroyed. The people dispersed. The culture compromised. Well, after several years, the Persians overran the Babylonians. So we have King Cyrus, King Xerxes, and now King Artaxerxes, who begin to allow the Jews to return to their homeland. Nehemiah is working for Artaxerxes, and he says to him, I want to return to my homeland. I want to contribute to this process of the rebuilding of my nation and my people. Very important time. The Jews are straggling back, you might say, but Jerusalem is still in disrepair. The country is still divided. The culture is still under a cloud. Nehemiah returns to reestablish Israel. Another very important thing about this time, the Bible as we know it, the Old Testament as we know it, was largely composed and gathered and edited at this time, perhaps by Nehemiah himself and by Ezra, a priest who worked at that time. This is a very important period, not just in the history of the Bible, but the history of the world, because these are the people that shaped the Scriptures. So, let's attend a little bit to the story. I might urge you, if you have a chance, sit down and read the book of Nehemiah. It's not that long. You can read it in, well, one sitting. Maybe skip certain sections of it, but it's a very illuminating book. Nehemiah returns. He sees the broken walls of the city of Jerusalem. His first task, rebuild the walls. Now, of course, in the ancient world, this was indispensable to the defense of a city. If your walls were down, you were vulnerable to all your enemies. So there's a very practical purpose here. But in the book, there's also a deeply symbolic purpose. Jerusalem, Zion, that's God's city, the holy city, the sacred place, the center of the nation. Nehemiah, in rebuilding its walls, is reconstituting Zion. He's rebuilding it. 
Listen now, defining it, that's all that definition means, means setting a limit around something. Walls are indispensable to identity. Walls are indispensable to identity. Look, even the cells in your body have walls around them. The walls define the cell. They keep in what should be in. They keep out what should be kept out. All the organs in your body have, as it were, walls that define them, define their purpose. They keep out what should be kept out. Your very body has a kind of definition to it. If those walls are breached, then all kinds of disease and outside influence gets in that undermines you. Communities and nations must have walls by which they are defined. The point here is, during the time of the exile, the walls of Jerusalem, the physical city, were knocked down. But more importantly, the symbolic walls were knocked down. That meant the identity of the Jewish people was compromised. Christians, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Do you know what I mean? Part of defining yourself is knowing what you stand against. All kinds of forward influences, attitudes, perspectives, idolatries had made their way into Zion, into Israel. And so Nehemiah says, we first must build the walls. The time after Vatican II, during the time of Vatican II, John XXIII said, we must open the windows of the church. Good to let in some fresh air, to let in some of the modern world, to establish a contact with the modern world. Some would argue, and I would agree with them, sometimes that opening of windows turned into a knocking down of walls. When we knock down the walls of the church, we start to lose our sense of who we are. We let so much of the world around us rush in that we forget what our defining qualities, attitudes, assumptions, practices are. Open windows, yes. Knock down walls, that's a dangerous business. Building them, reconstituting them, is therefore a constant task of the church. Now, I want to be really clear about something. Neither Israel nor the church, the new Israel, that's how Paul called it, neither Israel nor the church are meant to be sects, sectarian, hiding behind walls, hiding from a hostile world. No, the purpose of Israel and the purpose of the church is to transform the world. Christ said, proclaim to all nations. So listen, we don't hunker down behind the walls fearfully, defensively. But, but, if we are to have this transformative influence on the world, we must know who we are. If we are to change the world, we must have a strong identity and purpose. That's the paradox that Nehemiah is putting his finger on. That's the paradox of walls. Here's a way to look at it, too. The word 
Community. That's a good positive word, or community. Comes from the Latin words cum and munera. Munera means walls. Walls. To be together behind certain walls. That's what a community is. That means a people defined. A people with an identity. A people who know who they are and who they are not. You know who catches this paradox very well? Robert Frost, the American poet. He said, good walls make for good neighbors. It's true, isn't it? It's a paradox. Good walls, when you know who you are, you're defined, that makes for good neighbors. The church will be fully itself and will fulfill its missionary identity in the measure that it knows who it is. It defines itself. Now, what happens next in the book of Nehemiah after the walls are repaired? We have our first reading. Listen now. Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which consisted of men, women, and those children old enough to understand. Ezra stood up on a wooden platform, on a kind of pulpit. And then it says from mid-morning until midday, he reads the law. Well, the law here is the Torah. Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, these great defining texts of the Jewish people. And it says in this beautiful reading that they all stood there that whole time and they listened. You think you've heard some long homilies. Well, here's an all-day reading of the Torah. When it was interpreted to them, it says they wept for joy. What do we have here? Something very beautiful. We are defined by the walls that surround us. We're also defined by the narratives and the laws that structure our lives. The Jews became a people because they subscribed to these great narratives of the Torah and because they followed the great laws of the Torah. They listened, and in that process of listening, they became a people. Christians, what's one of the ways that we lose our identity is that we stop listening to the stories that define us. The reason you're listening to me, I hope, the reason you go to church on Sunday and listen to homilies is you want to be structured by these great narratives and great commands and great laws and great practices that are embedded in the Scripture. We are a people of the Word. Paul said faith comes from hearing. Our lives as a Christian community comes from hearing. Where do we go wrong? We stop listening to the great stories. We stop abiding by the great laws. And we begin listening to all the stories of the world around us. Hey, is the culture telling us stories? All the time. TV, movies, politicians, popular culture, newspapers, radio. Are you hearing stories all the time? Yes, that define you. Nehemiah is telling us we must be defined as a people by these great biblical stories. You know, something I wrestle with, the number of people, and the statistics bear this out, the number of Catholics who have stopped coming to Mass, I guess somehow they feel their spiritual lives will be fine 
even without coming to Mass, without assisting at the Eucharist, without listening to the Word. I guess they'll be okay spiritually. Friends, we accept that attitude in no other area of life. Let's say you have a son or a daughter. He wants to learn baseball. You say, well, here you go. Here's a mitt and here's a ball. Go out there and goof around. Go out there and play around. He'll never learn it. To learn baseball, he must be brought into a world. He must be taught certain lessons and laws and rules. He must be brought into the lore of the game. Listen, certain walls that define what baseball is have to be erected, and he has to know what they are. And in that process, baseball will become part of him. Just go out there and play whenever you feel like it. He'll never learn how to play baseball. You have a daughter who wants to learn how to play the violin. You give her violin and say, off you go, just play to your heart's content. Do whatever you want. Come on, she'll never learn. She needs to study the laws, learn the practices. She must be at it day in, day out, day in, day out, when she feels like it and when she doesn't feel like it. And in that way, when she gets lured into the whole world of the violin, then she will know how to play it. So with the faith. So with the spiritual life. When we allow the walls to be knocked down, we've lost our definition. When we no longer listen to the great stories, we no longer abide by the great laws that define us as a people, we are in danger of losing our identity. Oh, just go be a spiritual person. That's about as effective as saying, just go out in the ball field and goof around. In neither case will you accomplish your end. In this ancient book of Nehemiah, a somewhat strange book, we can find extremely important lessons for our time. How we become the people that God wants us to be. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. Most interment arrangements at the 42 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries are made through a pre-need plan. Your thoughtful planning today is economically prudent and contributes to peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Catholic Cemeteries counselors are available at your convenience. For more information, call 708-449-6100. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.